Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In the overtime, here comes Patrick Mahomes with the Super Bowl in the balance. 22-19. This is the game. Mahomes is going to run at 30-yard line. 25-20. Mahomes inside the 15. It's first down. Then they throw it to Kelsey. It's a first down for Kansas City and goal to go. 13 seconds to go in the overtime. A touchdown wins the game. Right side throw. Touchdown. Kansas City. There is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. And Mahomes has cemented his already terrific legacy. Welcome to NFL Live. As the Super Bowl confetti settles for the Chiefs, we'll talk today about what exactly is next for them en route to a quest for a three-peat that they talked a lot about. Plus, the reason our analysts are still all in on Kyle Shanahan, they'll explain. The Cowboys have some crucial decisions to make when it comes to contracts this offseason, but Mina Kimes will tell you the one player they have to hold on to no matter what. I'll give you a hint, it's actually not Dak. We'll talk about him too, though. And the Bears are already fielding calls on Justin Fields, as it seems more and more likely they'll take a quarterback with the first pick in the draft. One of the best coaches in the league is impressed with Fields, but does that make sense as a landing spot? So glad you're with us here on NFL Live today. We've got a lot to get to. Mina Kimes, Tim Hasselbeck, Dan Graziano is here for the hour later. The reason Kyle Shanahan's Super Bowl misfortune has more to do with Patrick Mahomes than his own decision-making in the biggest games. We'll get to that. But first, let's talk about the Chiefs. They made it very clear they're going for the three-peat. And I'm sure we'll hear a lot more of that tomorrow with the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City. But to do that, you got to think they want to keep Chris Jones. He's a free agent after this season and another Super Bowl where he was crucial to the victory. It wasn't just the Super Bowl. Chris Jones was a beast this past season. He was double teamed on 74% of his pass rushes this season, the highest rate in the NFL. Despite that, he still managed to rank third in pass rush win rate among defensive tackles. It's crazy to think how dominant he's been so many times. Mina's shaking her head. I agree. Uh, Graz, let's start with you. Jones is the one piece of what could be a complicated offseason in Kansas City. Walk us through what's in front of them in the coming weeks. Yeah, Chris Jones, obviously the most important piece of all of this. And, and you said that franchise tag of around $32 million if they wanted to keep him. They thought they could get an extension done with him last offseason, but they never really got close. You know, he wanted something closer to Aaron Donald money than they were willing to give him. And, you know, if you watch the Super Bowl, you can understand why. That 18% pass rush win rate in the season was third highest. In the Super Bowl, it was 21%. Uh, so he's dominating in the biggest games. Uh, if they need to franchise him, they can do that. They'd rather do a longer-term deal that would save the cap space. Legarius Sneed, one of their star cornerbacks, is a free agent. Uh, hard to imagine a situation in which they can keep both of those guys. Uh, they're a little bit over the cap. Patrick Mahomes uh, has a very friendly contract that they can get about $35 million of cap savings out of by just restructuring, so that will help. But Factor in that they need a couple offensive tackles. You know, there's a lot for the Chiefs to, to do, and, and they might not be able to keep everybody. Yeah, I mean, 
On one hand, strictly speaking on the field, this is a no-brainer. Chris Jones is yeah. one of the most impactful postseason players of a generation. The Chiefs don't win this Super Bowl without him, not just because of the two pressures that forced incompletions to the end zone in this game, but you go back to, say, the Bills game where Josh Allen undoubtedly hits uh, Shakir in the end zone, if not for Chris Jones bull rushing his left tackle, Deion Dawkins, into his lap. Uh, on the other hand, Laura, there's a reason he held out at the beginning of the season, which is Chris Jones wants Aaron Donald money. Chris Jones deserves Aaron mm. Donald money. And I don't think uh, hometown discount is in his vocabulary. So if the Chiefs do want to keep him, and I suspect they do, there will be sacrifices made elsewhere. Even after you hypothetically restructure Patrick Mahomes' contract, you're looking at players like Legereus Sneed, who also deserves a lot of money. Depth on defense, wide receiver, left tackle. This is, of course, the problem of every Super Bowl winner. You can't keep everyone. There's a reason why your roster was optimized to go into the Super Bowl in the first place. So they're going to have to make a decision whether they want the star power, the impact of Chris Jones, and they're willing to sacrifice death to do so. Yeah, no doubt the identity of this Super Bowl winning Chiefs team was their defense. And, and they all kind of talked about that throughout the season. But, Tim, there's other holes potentially to fill the, on the offensive side, which is kind of crazy to say mm -hmm. after they just won a Super Bowl. But what are you identifying for the Chiefs going forward? Well, I'm looking at that receiver group, Laura, because you're exactly right. They were kind of a defensive-led team because the receiver room was really letting them down. I mean, heck, the guy who catches the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl wasn't even on their roster to start the season, <laughs> right. no Cole Hardman. Look, MVS was certainly up and down. I think they had probably higher hopes for him. Now, Rasheed Rice came on. Sky Moore, who you seeing catch a touchdown pass there. He needs to continue to step up. But... You know, what they do in that room, I think will say a lot because the lack of consistency on in that you know segment of their team nearly cost them a chance to win a Super Bowl or go to a Super Bowl. So I don't think you can just sit there and yeah. leave it status quo. Yeah, I agree with Tim 100%. And as far as how they address that receiver position, the NFL Combine is in two weeks. Laura and I will be there. And I can tell you, when they show those receivers working out, they are going to cut, whoever from the Chiefs is there, Brett Beach, they're going to cut to them every single time <laughs> watching those receivers uh, because they will have eyes on them. And, and what I love about this class, and Tim, you know this well, knowing college so well, it, it's an incredible group of yeah. wide receivers. We will likely see three or four of them go very early in the draft. And what that means is because it's so good at the top of the draft, the Chiefs might have their pick of some pretty mm. talented receivers yeah. at the end of the first round as well. So I, th I would look for them to consider that. Yeah, good point. Really deep wide receiver class. I don't know why nobody else gave a woot-woot for the combine, but either way, Mina and I will be there. <laughs> oh, there yeah, Graz did. Graz I did in did. my heart. Yeah, exactly. All right, so listen, we've got some more news to talk about. We got to yesterday. This news broke during our show. The Cowboys hired Mike Zimmer to be their defensive coordinator. Of course, he takes the place of Dan Quinn in that spot. Tim, we'll start with you. Do you like the fit of Zimmer back in Dallas, a place he's familiar with, running the defense? I do like it, A, because he's familiar with working there, and I do think it is unique working in Dallas uh, as an assistant coach. And so he's done that, and he's done it at an extremely high level. And let's face it, he got head coaching opportunities because he was a tremendous defensive coordinator. There was a stretch where you know, his aggressiveness really as the Dallas defensive coordinator was, was kind of changing the, the league in terms of where people felt like they could all out blitz you on the field. I mean, he was a big part of that. So I, I do think sometimes, you know, people can be tired of hearing a certain name, but 
he knows defense, and I think he's probably a better coordinator than head coach. Probably safe to say that, and I think going back to Dallas with the talent they have ends up being a pretty good fit. Yeah, I think a lot of the times when a coordinator goes to being a head coach and then returns to being a coordinator, they have success. We just saw one of them in the Super Bowl, Steve Spagnuolo, who's, of course, arguably the best defense coordinator in the NFL. And to Tim's point, defense was never the problem in Minnesota. In fact, during his tenure as the Vikings head coach, they had the sixth best defense in the NFL. A lot of the concepts you see around the league today, especially the use of simulated pressures we've been talking about all season, have their origins with Mike Zimmer's defenses, those double A gap blitzes, guys always threatening to come and then sometimes dropping it to coverage. So I don't doubt his ability to bring a creativity to this Cowboys defense. What I question, I think what's going to need to be a priority for them is matching up personnel with that scheme. Mm. Uh, when you look back at those Minnesota defenses, he had some very good nose tackles. Linval Joseph comes to mind. That strikes me as a need to shore up the interior of the Dallas defensive line, linebacker as well. So they're going to have to add some players to carry out his vision on that side of the ball. Yeah, we're actually talking about Dallas needs a little bit later in the show, as well as many other teams as well. Glad you're with us today on NFL Live. We're just getting started. The Chiefs are on the hunt for the three-peat, as we talked about. But are the Ravens the biggest obstacle standing in their way? They have some key players set to be free agents, but we'll discuss their stacked roster next, who they need to hold on to. Plus, is there a chance Justin Fields could be heading to Pittsburgh? It may be more realistic than you think, based on Mike Tomlin's feelings about the current Bears quarterback. We'll show you exactly what Tomlin said next on the show. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Before and one mixtapes, there was the Harlem Globetrotters. The exhibition basketball team is part comedy, part competition, and all skill. Founded in Chicago in 1926, the Harlem Globetrotters have been home to legends like Fred Curley Neal, Meadowlark Lemon, and yes, even Wilt Chamberlain. Now approaching their 100th year as an American institution, the Globetrotters are still, well, trotting, actively touring across the country with no signs of slowing down. Our next NBA Wednesday doubleheader starts in Cleveland with Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers hosting DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls at 7.30 Eastern. Then Steph and the Warriors host Kawhi and the Clippers. Coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 7 on ESPN and the app. Back to football with Patrick Mahomes joining Pat McAfee today. He was asked about the comparisons to Tom Brady. 
I mean, I like it because I mean, he he's the greatest of all time. So I like uh, being compared to him. But I still have so I have so long that I have to go in my career. If you look at the longevity, the consistent greatness that he had every single year, um, all I can do is just try to continue to be the best me every single day that I have and have no regrets. And I actually heard Tom say this a, a while back, and that was his goal was just to be the best version of Tom Brady that he can be. Um, and all that other stuff kind of happens. And if I can just continue to work the way that I work, I'll have no regrets about however my career ends. Some really great insight today from Patrick Mahomes on Pat McAfee's show. The Chiefs went through some big-time teams on their way to this Super Bowl. We want to take a couple minutes here to talk about what's next for each of these teams as they try to catch Kansas City next season. So let's start with their wild-card round opponent, the Miami Dolphins. Mina, what's the biggest offseason need in Miami right now? Yeah, stop me if you've heard this one before with the Miami Dolphins. It's the offensive line. Austin Jackson, the right tackle, played uh, much better this last season. But outside of that, you've got a bunch of free agents on the interior. Connor Williams, Robert Hunt. We'll see what happens with their left tackle, Teron Armstead. It's a positional group that they continue to need to address, even though their scheme mitigates pressure to some degree and to as quick release as well. It is something that this front offense uh, front office has to address this offseason, especially because of the help that it will give them in the run game. Yeah, Tua ranked 10th in the NFL in total QBR last year overall, but ranked 20th in QBR under pressure. It's a huge need for them to Mina's point. Let's go to the divisional round where Kansas City took down the Bills on the road in Buffalo. So, Tim, what's the biggest need for the Bills as they try and chase down the Chiefs? Seems like the story every year next season. Yeah, I think changing the culture and philosophy is more important than any personnel ads they could have uh, in Buffalo. And the reason I say that is they've just kind of defaulted to, look, we've got this super talented quarterback and we're going to put a ton on him. And I'm just a little surprised by it. When you think about Sean McDermott as he started as the head coach in Buffalo, they were really a defensive-led team that would try to win ugly because they didn't have much production offensively. And they had a fair amount of success with it. And then they've kind of just turned things over to Josh, where, look, they don't stay committed to the run game. They put a lot on him. And I just think it's hard to win that way because when he's not at his best, they don't look all that great. Now, they made some changes in that direction when they moved to Joe Brady's, their offensive coordinator. I think they need to double down on that, especially when you consider that Kansas City Look, they were a defensive-led team that just won the Super Bowl, and yes, they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it may be a good time to change philosophy to that point. The Bills have 21 free agents this offseason, tied for the eighth most in the NFL. And, of course, the Chiefs went on the road again and took down the top seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. Many had them as a Super Bowl favorite. Let's bring everyone in on this. Graz, we'll start with you, though. When you look at free agents and cap space in Baltimore, how much work do they have to do this offseason? Kind of a lot for a team that just had the best record in the league. Uh, they, they probably need a, a something of an overhaul on the offensive line. Both of their starting guards are free agents. Both of their starting tackles are guys who aren't as young as they mm. used to be. Could be uh, in danger of being cap casualties. Uh, they did what they usually do at edge rusher. They brought in a couple veterans late in the game in, in Jadevian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy. So they should probably look for more permanent solutions there. Uh, they're going to need a running back or two. And on the defensive side, big free agents. You see there, Justin Matabike, who had the monster year at D-tackle, uh, likely to keep him, I would think, even if that means franchising him. But that doesn't mean they can keep Patrick Queen, uh, who's a free agent, or Geno Stone, uh, the safety, who's a free agent. And, and they, they're going to have a lot of spots to fill on that defense. 
Yeah, you know what strikes me about, you know, the names that you mentioned on defense, this Baltimore Ravens defense is so strong up the spine, defensive mm. tackle, yep. linebacker, safety. And now you've got free agents at every single one of those levels, and you probably can't keep all of them. I tend to agree with Dan there and think that they might tag Matabike, try to bring him back. But then you probably let Patrick Queen walk. We'll see Geno Stone, what kind of contract he commands. He was outstanding this year as a third safety. But uh, another area I, I wouldn't overlook is their depth at cornerback. Marlon Humphrey has been mm. outstanding for him when he, them when he's healthy. But outside of that, it's been a bit of a rotating door. And they've leaned on free agents, guys coming later in the season. That's something that I think they would look to address potentially in the draft this year, uh, as well as free agency if they have any money to spend. Yeah, I think you guys make great points because they definitely beat the market with guys like Van Noy and Clowney, and that helps your defense play well. But I would just also yeah. kind of say this. A year ago at this time, we're wondering, hey, what is this offense going to look like under Todd Mockin? Is Lamar Jackson actually going to develop as a passer? Will uh, Zay Flowers, which he wasn't even on the roster this time, will he prove, you know, will they upgrade the, the you know, receiver position and get it right when they try to do it through the draft? And I think they've succeeded with Mockin. I think they've su succeeded developing Lamar as a passer. They've succeeded with the pick of, of Zay Flowers. And so I, I think that offensively, and oh, by the way, Isaiah likely came on in a big way yep. when Mark Andrews was out. And you'll have both of those guys back. So I just think they're in a, such a different situation offensively heading into this upcoming season. Yeah, the Ravens have 24 free agents this offseason, tied for third most in the NFL. All that's coming up very soon, too, by the way. New on NFL Live from ESPN 49ers reporter Nick Wagner. 49ers defensive tackle Eric Armstead said he tore the meniscus in his right knee in the Philly game. He played through it in the postseason, but will need surgery on it in the coming days. His hope is to be back ready around training camp. Mina, your reaction to this? Uh, I'm, I'm surprised because Eric Armstead was amazing in the postseason. Actually, when I was rewatching the Super Bowl, I was struck by uh, how stout he was in run defense on the interior uh, on some of his reps there, which was a big factor in that game. I think this Niners run defense being better than we all expected. So the fact that he played through that kind of injury at that level, uh, it's really impressive. It also, I think, though, factors not into next season. He'll come back healthy, but he's going to be a free agent the following offseason. Mm. Uh, the hope, I imagine, would be that they would get some kind of deal with him done, some kind of extension. But I, I, I don't doubt that this injury will affect that timeline and how they look at their defensive line in totality. Yeah, Mina, you'll tell us a little bit more about that. But the 2025 season, really important for San Francisco. Still to come here on NFL Live, a handful of veteran quarterbacks, including Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson, could be looking for new teams this offseason. We've got the latest on potential destinations. You don't want to miss this. It's all coming your way next on NFL Live. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. In my career, there's always that potential of a new quarterback being brought in, and always, there's always a succession plan. Tannehill fires into the end zone. Touchdown, Titans! I can think of five to ten teams that become instantly better with Russell Wilson. Jones looks to his right, throws it to the right, got it, touchdown! That decision is not in my hands. I gave him my all, so um, whether it's here or not, uh, I have no regrets. See all those notable quarterback names and think, hmm, they could be somewhere different. Uh, we could see a lot of them on the move this offseason. And we're back on NFL Live. Glad to have you here. Let's start with Kirk Cousins, who's a free agent and will really be interesting to see if he stays in Minnesota or heads to another spot. Free agency, by the way, less than a month away. Of course, we'll have all the specials here on ESPN. This is all coming really fast. Before Cousins tore his Achilles in week eight and was forced to miss the final nine games of the season, he was downright fantastic. He had a 63 QBR, his best since the 2016 season. He was off target on just 11% of his attempts, the best since his rookie season in 2012. Roz, how much interest do we expect teams overall to have in Cousins? Well, I think if he hits the market, he'll be uh, he'll be uh, there'll be a lot of interest in him. I think Minnesota right now is trying to figure out if they can keep that from happening. I think they'd like to have him back. He likes it there, and um, you know they have incentive to reach a contract extension before the end of the league year because if they do that, they can help save some of that 28.5 million in dead money that would hit their cap if, in fact, his contract does void when the league year starts. Yeah, I would agree with you, Graz, in terms of Minnesota's desire to keep him. I think what's interesting and what helps him is the fact that he is coming off of an injury. I I believe that if Cousins were fully healthy, he might be more apt to go see what's out there in the market, and I think the market would be strong um, just based on what he's produced, and I think people know what they're getting with him, but I do believe really the best spot for him, and I think Minnesota knows it after going through what they went through at the quarterback position, that the best fit is probably for them to keep him as well. Yeah, a good reminder that he's 35 years old. Let's go to Denver next, where the Broncos have to make a decision when it comes to the quarterback position this offseason. If they decide to cut Russell Wilson, it'll cost him $85 million in dead cap space. Russell Wilson played the Broncos' first 15 games of the season before he was benched for the final two weeks. He showed a lot of improvement over his disastrous 2022 season, where he set career lows in total QBR completion percentage and touchdown to interception ratio, but the 2023 numbers were still a far cry from what he put up in Seattle. Graz, what do we know about interest in Wilson should he be cut? 
Yeah, I think that he's a veteran that teams would look at because he's going to be very cheap. Uh, he's got $39 million in guaranteed money next year from the Broncos, uh, and there's offset language. So any money he makes from a new team, uh, the Broncos would get back. So And he can't make any more money unless he gets more than $39 million, which is extremely unlikely. So mm. you can maybe sign Russell Wilson for a veteran minimum deal, uh, assuming the Broncos do cut him, which, by the way, if they do, and they make him a post-June 1st cut. It's only $35 million dead on this year's cap. Yeah, it's hard to see Russ going back to Denver given the way this season went. Um, and to Dan's point, I think after Kirk Cousins, he's probably going to be the second most desired quarterback in free agency. Um, as far as places where he might land, Atlanta comes to mind, Pittsburgh, the Raiders. Heck, I would throw out the Patriots. And what they'll get is a quarterback who I thought did show some improvement last season over the prior year, particularly in terms of his mobility. Um, he played largely conservative football, but avoided mistakes, occasionally pushed the ball downfield. So those four teams are going to have to look at that skill set and think, can we? Would, would that be an upgrade for our offense compared to what we had last year? Important note by Graz there. Look for this to happen before June 1st to save a little bit of cash, or a lot of bit of cash. Okay, Chicago holds the number one overall pick in April's NFL draft, and all signs point toward a quarterback with that selection. So that means Justin Fields, the Bears' 2021 first-round pick, could be on the move in the coming weeks. And Justin Fields dislocated his thumb in week six and missed the Bears' next four games. He was great after he returned, improving his QBR by over 10 points from his first six games of the year, thanks in large part to the impact he made as a rusher. Adam Schefter talked about one team that could have interest in bringing Fields in this offseason. We know that Pittsburgh's going to go out and get some type of quarterback whether that's Ryan Tannehill, uh, whether that's Russell Wilson, oh, whether that's Justin Fields. Oh. Uh, oh. Who, who, Justin Fields, I know. Uh, Mike, Mike Tomlin's a big fan of Justin Fields. We'll keep that in mind during the offseason of the coming weeks. Uh, but they're not just going to leave it as Kenny Pickett, his starting job. Mike Tomlin made that very clear. So now it's which of these quarterbacks do they make a move for? A reminder, too, that Mitch Trubisky was released yesterday, so there's a lot of room in that quarterback room, potentially. Tim, you think Pittsburgh makes sense as a potential trade partner for Fields? I do, because if Fields is going to be on the move, you're going to have teams that are, are interested in improving at the quarterback position. And Kenny Pickett, through two years, has thrown 13 touchdowns and 13 picks. It has not been what they expected it to be. And so I don't think there's any shot that Pickett goes into camp is the surefire starter, which means at this point, you're definitely looking to see how you can improve the position. And I think Fields, for all the struggles in Chicago, I think there's been enough evidence that his physical skill set and some of the things he can do would give plenty of people enough optimism that you could build around that yeah. and improve. And I certainly would be in that camp. Yeah, there would be excitement if they brought in Justin Fields. And I would argue it'd also be a good fit with the personnel they have. When the Steelers hired Arthur Smith to be their offensive coordinator, um, one thing that I noted was the success that they had last year in the second half of the season, running the football with two, three tight end sets, it really reminded me of an Arthur Smith offense. So I thought that marriage made sense. And now that you have Arthur Smith running the show, uh, you think about Justin Fields in that offense, and I go back to his year with Marcus Mariota, not this year, but the previous year, you already have proof of concept that with a dual threat quarterback, he can call an extremely dominant run game. And of course, they're joining a Pittsburgh team that's already good at running the ball. So I like the fit. I like the personnel, how it matches up. 
You'd still want him to progress as a passer, but I think there's a lot of upside there for Pittsburgh. Graz, it's making me think, just in general, what do we expect the market to look like when it comes to fields? Yeah, it's probably going to be very specific and case by case, right? Because he, he is a different kind of player. And, you know, Mina talks about needing to be more refined as a passer. I think if you're an offensive coordinator and a head coach, you look at this and say, are we the kind of team that can maximize what he does well and either minimize or find ways to improve those things that he doesn't do well? Uh, and, and are those things that can ever improve or is this just the player he's going to be? So Arthur Smith in Pittsburgh makes some sense. I just think you have to be open-minded as an offensive coordinator. Now, people want to put him in Atlanta. You know, Zach Robinson coming from Sean McVay, you know, uh, very well thought of in terms of a creative offensive mind. Would you put him in New England where Alex Van Pelt is the offensive coordinator? You know, some of these guys may not be able to adjust to what they need to do uh, to make Justin Fields as good as he can be. But if you feel that you can, uh, he's certainly a talent worth taking a shot on. Yeah, Graz, any sense on the price that it'll take to get him? I think most of what I've heard uh, indicates that a second-round pick is probably the best they're going to do for Justin Fields. Obviously, if you get multiple teams involved and you can drive the price up beyond that, I think that's great. But I, I, getting a first-rounder feels unlikely, especially a high like, – like Atlanta's not going to give him the number eight pick in the draft. Uh, maybe if you, if you can get a late first-rounder from some team, but, you know, those teams don't tend to need quarterbacks. The dog barking agrees. I'm excited to see him get another opportunity somewhere, not which we feel like is most likely. <laughs> Cross is in New York studios. It's not him. Nope. Okay, coming up next, Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb have made it clear they want new contracts. They want to get paid. Here's why Mina believes it's a no-brainer to pay them both top-of-the-market money. That's next on NFL Live. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. UFC 298 is Saturday night, highlighted by the featherweight title main event. The main card begins at 10 Eastern on pay-per-view with the prelims at 8 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. To order the main card in English and Spanish, go to ESPNPlus.com slash PPV. 
We're back on NFL Live. Hey, as Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes got to spend the day at Disneyland on Monday, culminating with meeting Mickey and a parade through the park, riding atop the Chiefs float. Really cool stuff there. He's with Minnie as well. McAfee asked Mahomes about this morning after he celebrated. Oh, 100% been enjoying it. I'll tell you what, though. It's a little bit earlier mornings when you have kids after winning the Super Bowl. So those long nights, they, they come fast when that morning comes. So, uh, no, definitely enjoying it. But uh, we're champs again, man. You know what? I don't want to hear it, Pat. Uh, you're like 28 right. with little kids. You bounce back quick. The rest of us, I don't know. <laughs> Mina yeah, and I, my we're kids are grown up. Yeah. Well, okay. True, yeah. Graz. It, it's same with same with Tim. <laughs> but Mina, I remember. Mina and I are in the thick of it right now. We're we're uh, the sleep is yeah. hard to come by. Let's read and react to some sound from Super Bowl week that we didn't get to hear on NFL Live. We start with Justin Jefferson. He made it clear he wants to cash in this offseason. I'm right there with you, man. I, I want to I wanna break the bank and I want to be a part, you know, of an organization, you know, that wants me and, and to, to really give me what I, I deserve. So, you know, um, I feel like, you know, eventually, uh, you know, the Vikings will, you know, do what they need to do to have me in the building. But, you know, it, I don't really know at this very moment. You know, uh, only time will tell. Well, Cross, what do we know about the Vikings and their plans for a new deal with Jefferson? Well, I agree with Justin that I believe the Vikings will eventually do what they need to do to keep him in the building. And that's going to be a top-of-the-market wide receiver contract. He has absolutely earned it. We spoke a little while ago about Kirk Cousins. I believe that is the Vikings' priority right now, to figure out whether Cousins is going to be there and what, if, and if not, what they have to do at quarterback. They can wait a little bit on Jefferson. They have to figure out Cousins by March 12th uh, in order to figure out the rest of their offseason plans. But... A large contract extension for Justin Jefferson is almost certainly in the offing this offseason. And look, he, he deserves that. I think this is kind of one of these things where it ends up being good for both sides. The reality is you have a guy in your building. As wide receivers go, he's a pretty unselfish player, and he certainly has been a ridiculously productive player. And so those are the kind of guys that you want to keep. And so you know that the receiver market is only going to continue to go up so I think it makes sense for the Vikings to make it a priority and get it done. Yeah, just a reminder, too. I mean, despite missing seven games in 2023, Justin Jefferson still ranks second in receiving yards since his first season in the NFL in 2020. He trails only Tyree Kill. That's just how good he is. Let's go to Dallas next, where they have a wideout looking to get a bag of his own. C.D. Lamb addressed his contract negotiations on a podcast with his teammate, Micah Parsons. Lamb said, quote, I can't give you no numbers right now, but I'll tell you this, one of the top paid wide receivers for sure, if not the highest paid, that's always the goal. So, Russ, do we expect the Cowboys to pay Lamb top dollar? I, I do expect that. They may not want to, and, and that was the case last year. And these contracts for wide receivers that we're talking about now are going to be upwards of 30 plus million dollars a year, and, and teams are getting used to that. The wide receiver market didn't do much last offseason. Uh, Lamb, Jefferson, T. Higgins, guys like that that were looking for extensions didn't get them. Mike Evans, Michael Pittman. Uh, so at some point, the logjam is going to break, and these guys are going to start getting paid. And once that happens, Jefferson and Lamb should be right up there at or near the top. 
Yeah, I mean, Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb, two of the five best wide receivers in the NFL. And you could argue Lamb might be even more valuable to Dallas. Not that uh, he's better than Jefferson, but the Vikings drafted Jordan Addison. They got a lot of production out of him. Watching the Cowboys this year, it really felt like they still don't have a solidified number two wide receiver. The offense flows through Lamb. This year, the way they used him, lining up outside, inside, his ability to uh, get yards after the catch, his route running. He's such a refined player who seems to be getting better every year. He absolutely deserves to be one of, if not the highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. And I can't help but smile because I love these quotes from wide receivers saying, pay me at all. Of course, it's, it's such a wide receiver thing, but they're right. They're both right. Yeah, they're going to get paid and as they should. Graz, what's going on with Dak Prescott's situation though with the Cowboys? Well, Dak Prescott has nothing but leverage here. He's got one year left. Uh, he's got that $59.5 million cap hit that obviously it would help them a great deal to bring that down. For perspective, the highest cap hit in the league this year was Patrick Mahomes at $37 million. So that $59.5 is going to be tough to carry. But, you know, he can, he can force them to pay him whatever he wants. He has a clause in his contract that prohibits them from franchising him at the end of this year. He was, he was tough on them in negotiations the last time around. I think he will be tough on them again this time around, and that's why we shouldn't necessarily expect a Prescott extension this offseason. makes it even more important to get the C.D. Lamb extension done to knock his cap number down from $18 million where it is right now. The web of Jerry Jones yes. as he tries to figure all this out. Uh, let's talk about a little bit more news that could sneak up on Seahawks fans this week regarding quarterback Geno Smith and his future with the team. Ross, what exactly is going on with his contract in the next couple days that we need to be aware of here? So, Geno Smith's compensation for this year is going to be uh, $22.3 million. The way that breaks down is it's a $12.7 million salary and a $9.6 million roster bonus. None of that's guaranteed. If he's still on the roster Friday, as in three days from now, the $12.7 million salary becomes guaranteed. So, if hypothetically they were going to do something with Geno Smith and move on to something else at quarterback, that's a decision that could have to be made this week. Now, I want to stress for Mina and any Seahawks fans that might be watching, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And in fact, this is kind of just hey. the way the Seahawks do contracts. Yeah. Like uh, DK Metcalf's got money that becomes guaranteed on Friday, too, and he, they're not cutting him. Right. So, but it's just a reminder, those numbers, a reminder that Seahawks view Geno Smith as something like a bridge quarterback. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised to see them address the position in the draft this year either. Yeah, Dan hits it. That's the question for Seattle. Not do you move on from Geno Smith, but do you draft a quarterback? Um, you know, a lot of it is going to come down to, of course, their evaluation of the third, fourth, fifth quarterbacks in the draft because they're not going to get the first two. Uh, personally, I'm a little suspect of the idea that you can improve upon Geno Smith with a, with a later quarterback pick unless you obviously fall in love with one of them because I think Geno Smith has played at a really high level. A lot of talk this year about his regression from the previous year when he was outstanding. But when I watch the tape, I see a quarterback who was really under a lot of pressure, particularly on third down. He was the uh, third most pressured quarterback in the NFL. The two quarterbacks above him, Russell Wilson and Sam Howell, held on to the football a long time. That's mm. not the case with Geno Smith. That was an issue with pass protection. I still think uh, he is... Uh, at minimum, an above-average starter in this league, and I would be very reluctant to move on from him in the near future if I was Seattle. Yeah, keep an eye on that. Also, tomorrow on the show, Field Yates revealing a mock draft. He has a really interesting pick for Seattle. It's actually not a quarterback, so we'll explain that tomorrow. Oh. Uh, new on NFL Live, this from Stephen Holder. The Colts quarterback, Anthony Richardson, was recently cleared by doctors to throw again. 
got down to work today in Jacksonville. Wow, Early really word is his trainers had to hold him back. That, that makes sense to me, knowing him pretty well from his Florida days. His surgeon said he's roughly six to eight weeks ahead of where he was expected to be at this time. Mina, I love to hear it. How great do you think this is? Yes. This is massive because this offseason is so important yeah. for Anthony Richardson. So you want him to be healthy from start to finish. Um, we saw glimpses early on of the promise. We also saw what a damn good play caller Shane Steichen is without him, uh, you know, running that offense with Gardner Minshew. So for them two to have a full offseason together is so significant for a Colts team that really outperformed expectations last season. Yeah, if you want any endorsement on Steichen, look at how the Eagles struggle without him as well. But Anthony Richardson ahead of schedule in his recovery. Great to hear for Colts fans. Still to come here, no doubt, Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches in football, but he's come up short in his coaching career in Super Bowls. How does the latest loss affect his legacy? A smart, respectful discussion coming your way next. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It is tails. You want the ball? Hand off to McCaffrey, gets stacked up and thrown back. McCaffrey comes in motion, they fake the jet to him. Purdy throws it hot and Throver throws his receiver incomplete. You gotta put up touchdowns on field goals. He will run for a first down and more! All the way inside the 15-yard line. Play action fake. Right side throw touchdown! Another heartbreaking loss for Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has coached in four conference championship games and two Super Bowls with the 49ers. He's two and four in those six games. The offense has gotten tight in the second half of those six games. Yards per attempt, yards per rush, and third down conversion percentage all down significantly after halftime. Kyle Shanahan spoke to the media today and was asked if he had any regrets after the Super Bowl. Anytime you lose, every decision you made, I mean, you make a decision every play throughout that game. So uh, when you lose, you'll go over that stuff um, always um, throughout the entire offseason, through cutups, through everything. But. Um, you know, there was nothing that I thought in the moment that I did wrong. It was everything. I was proud of that and um, like the thought process behind everything. I mean, Shanahan will likely be back in these big spots in coming years. Do you trust him to come through when the season's on the line? I do. I, when you look at those games he's lost, the Super Bowls, the championships you, you mentioned there, I mean, one of them, he lost his quarterback, literally ran out of quarterbacks. Um, and then, uh, you know, when we talk about him going against the Chiefs, they didn't lose those games because of Kyle Shanahan. They lost because they were going head to head with the best quarterback in the NFL, with a defensive play caller who I think history will look back on as one of the best uh, in the history of the sport. And this year, one of the best defenses in the league. Did he make some game management decisions? Yeah, you know, I, I criticize the uh, lack of a timeout at the end of the first half. You can quibble over the overtime decision. There were game management issues on the other side as well. But there are so many fluky things that decide a Super Bowl, whether it's a guy, the ball bouncing off of a guy's 
foot on a punt return or an extra point being missed that I think it's really unfair to point entirely at the head coach when his play calling, his brilliant sequencing, his ability to put defenses in conflict is what put them in that position to begin with. So, you know, he can always get better. Everybody can get better, especially the game management stuff. But I feel like a lot of the criticism has been overblown and that his record is a product of the time he's playing in or the competition more than anything, Tim. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, the ball is shaped funny, which means it bounces funny. And sometimes you need a little bit of good fortune. And sometimes that comes in the way of, like, you know, not missing an extra point and not having a ball bounce off of someone on your punt return team's leg. And, and that's real. And so I think losing sight of that is unfair to Kyle Shanahan, especially when he and Brock Purdy, who's in his second year and was the last yeah. pick of the draft the year he came out, went on three go-ahead drives, two in the fourth quarter and once in overtime. Like that, I don't think can be overstated in terms of being able to do that against what was the second best defense in the National Football League this season. And as you said, with the probably the best defensive play caller kind of in big games in this generation. So, look, it's just kind of unfortunate that who they went against. But, yeah, I full confidence in Shanahan. Yeah, once upon a time there was a young uh, offensive play caller that everybody thought was great named Andy Reid. And the knock on him was that uh, he couldn't win the big one, that he didn't know how to manage his timeouts, that, uh, that he wasn't a great game uh, day coach uh, that got the team ready for the game, but then in the end it was his mistakes that cost him. That, that guy turned into a three-time Super Bowl champion. When he was the age Kyle Shanahan is now, he had not even been to a Super Bowl, let alone two of them, hmm. as Kyle Shanahan has. Did he have a rough game Sunday in some ways? Sure, he made some calls that I, I'm sure he would like to have back. He indicated as much uh, in the news conference, but uh, he's too good and too young to write off, and certainly uh, there's nobody in San Francisco in terms of the people running that team that have any doubts about his ability to lead it going forward. Well said, guys. Graz, as we do push ahead into the offseason, what are the biggest personnel questions in San Francisco? Yeah, they don't have quite the same number of big-name free agents as Kansas City. I think the biggest one is probably Chase Young, who's only been there a couple of months. Uh, I would doubt that he's back. Uh, he probably is going to hit the market and see what's out there. Wasn't uh, super inspirational in terms of an addition at the trade deadline this year uh, anyway. But, you know, they have some issues. They, they have some, some cap numbers that are going to go up pretty high. They have Brandon Ayuk, uh, who's going to be in line for a contract extension. And we were just talking about wide receivers in the last segment. What's he going to want? And is he going to fit into a salary structure that's paying top-of-the-market money to guys like Debo Samuel and Trent Williams mm. and Fred Warner and Nick Bosa? So they got to sort some things out. The one thing that really helps them is their quarterback is making $985,000 next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the issue is mostly next year with some of the free agents and whether you want to get out of ahead of that, whether not just Brandon Ayuk, but Eric Armstead we talked about earlier, Drake Greenlaw, Traverius Ward, some of the best players on this roster will be free agents the following season. I yeah. think for the Niners, the priority is to fix this offensive line on the interior, especially if you're moving forward with uh, Brock Purdy because he needs help uh, on the inside of that offensive line. We'll look to see if they're back in the Super Bowl once again. I wouldn't count them out, that's for sure. Time for one more thing before we go. We want to take a look back at a special moment last week on the show. We actually have another really special surprise for you. So uh, come on in here, boys. On behalf of the NFL, we are sending you to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's go! You're going to the game, you guys! Wow! wow. <laughs> 
That was the Haynes family who we were able to surprise with Super Bowl tickets. Macy and Kate also got to go to the commissioner's box. So hanging out with Roger Goodell at the Super Bowl. They got to watch the halftime show there as well. Just another huge thank you from us to the NFL for helping this surprise come to life and making a couple little girls' dreams come true. They love football. If you missed this whole story, it's on social media and worth checking out. Mina Kimes, one of their all-time idols, and she was able to help with the surprise as well. So just truly special. And I would also like to thank our you staff. Love for making this happen because we could not have done it without everyone's help. We'll see you tomorrow, as always, on NFL Live. Thanks for being with us today, and have a good night.